welcome to the Love Positivism podcast. I'm your host, Shireen, and I'm the creator of Love Positivism. I'm here to help you on your spiritual and healing journey. I am a certified yoga and meditation teacher, a student of Chinese medicine, a doula, a Reiki practitioner, and a passionate, highly sensitive person. I want to use my knowledge to channel information and messages for you to grow on all levels. Hi, and welcome to this week's episode. Thank you so much for being here. And thank you to everyone who's been pre-ordering my book that is released in June of this year. I'm so grateful. It's really a book that helps you on your path with going deeper into practices of the mind, the emotions and creating more healing on all levels. So I've been sharing so much that I've learned in this book, Law of Positivism. Uh, and yeah, you can find the link in the show notes if you want to pre-order it. I'm really grateful for everyone who's already done that. And I'm excited about this week's episode. I've been creating more and more episodes around uh, traditional Chinese medicine since I'm studying my very last semester of traditional Chinese medicine acupuncture. And I'm really happy today to talk to Eric Kartmer, who's an acupuncturist, work with herbal medicine, he has over 20 years of education in, in TCM and he's created a beautiful business called Dao Labs who does herbal formulas for different um, causes and different types of imbalances. And he began studying traditional Chinese medicine back in the 90s. He has so much experience and in this episode we talk about healing with Chinese medicine and also herbal medicine which I haven't really gotten into yet in previous episodes and we talk about herbs for sleep and issues with the cycle and women's health. So I really love this conversation. If you want to check Dr. Eric out. You can find his links in the show notes as well, as well as to my Dao Labs. And yeah, just enjoy today's episode. Let me know how you've just experienced your own path with Chinese medicine. And thank you so much for leaving ratings and reviews on iTunes. And don't forget that you can access my free yoga class on my YouTube channel, Law of Positivism. So thank you for being here. Hi, and welcome to the podcast. Hi, Shireen. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for being here. Sure. How do you stay mindful and present every day? Um, well, uh, I'm not always so good at, good at it, but um, I think one of the great lessons from the pandemic has been that uh, I've learned I can really do it at home. I've started practicing yoga probably five or six times a week, and I felt like that's been like such a tremendous benefit for, uh, for my body, for my mind. Um, 
it's been um it's, so that's been one of the like little silver linings of the of the of this past year for me that's fantastic thank you for sharing that and i would love for you to introduce yourself to the listeners who you are and what you do uh yes uh um well i i, I wear a couple of hats i am a practitioner of chinese medicine and i've been um, I've had my own clinical practice now for about 20 years. Um, I'm also an academic. I um, have a, a PhD in anthropology and I teach anthropology at um, a college uh, university here in North Carolina, um, Appalachian State University. Um, and I have a, a third hat too, which is I have a small company, um, Dow Labs, which is uh, how we got connected. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's fantastic. And how did you get into the practice of Chinese medicine? Um, you know, I, it, it, um, I, I sort of fell into it a little bit. It wasn't um, something I had totally thought out uh, very well beforehand, but I, uh, I began um, after college. I, I went to China and I was an English teacher there. And uh, after a couple of years of teaching English, um, uh, and I also spent a couple of years in Taiwan as well, um, learning the language. Um, I just kind of fell in love with um, uh, Chinese culture, Chinese society. Um, it ended up going to graduate school to study anthropology. Um, and still at that time, I th- you know, I think I had an interest in it, but I don't ever think I imagined it was something you could study. Maybe it was, you know, it was a different world then too. It was a, there was less of it. It was, um, uh, I wasn't really even aware of, programs in the U.S. Um, so, uh, but I, I was very happy with anthropology and um, began my degree and uh, went back to Beijing to do um, not a project on Chinese medicine, but on something related. And this was in 1995. Mm-hmm. And as part of that, sort of taking a few classes at the Beijing University of Chinese Medicine, and I just kind of fell in love with it. And that led to uh, really a detour in my graduate school. I kind of, I didn't, I wouldn't say I dropped it, but I just decided I was going to study Chinese medicine for a while. And I, and I um, at, at that time, it also wasn't that expensive to live in China. So I completed the five-year undergraduate program that they have, got my degree in Chinese medicine, um, came back to North Carolina, opened up, uh, which is where I was in graduate school at the time. Uh, opened up a, a clinic and finished up my PhD and um, uh, and that's sort of what I've been doing then for, for the for the last 20 years. Wow. It's so amazing when we find our path in that way and that you also f- followed like your your inner uh, like w- what you felt drawn to because a lot of the times we do things that are maybe just like something that others think are good for us to do. And, and I can imagine that um, Chinese medicine, uh, it has definitely become more popular the past probably decade, right? So it was, it's, it's nice to see that you practiced so long. Uh, yes, um, and, and you're right. I, I, feel, I feel very lucky that I kind of was able to sort of follow some dreams Mm-hmm. Um, and be open to some unexpected turns. You know, when I was in college, I was a, I was sort of a pre-med student. And, you know, as, a, as your American listeners will know, you know, getting into medical school in the U.S. is 
is very challenging. It requires a lot of hard work. And I just sort of burnt out on that process. And in fact, but the fact, the reason I went to China initially was to get away from medical school. I was like, I just can't, that's not a career I was ready for or wanted to follow. Um, and so it's kind of interesting that I came back to medicine, but back to a traditional medicine, you know, to about 10 years later and, um, uh, and, and was able to kind of really kind of fall in love with it. I think maybe in a way that I never could have when I was kind of just coming out of college. Mm. Yeah, that's beautiful. Thank you for sharing your story. And something that you're really working with, with Dow Labs uh, are the, I mean, when we talk, think about most people, when they think about Chinese medicine, they might immediately think about acupuncture, but it's so much more. It's so uh, holistic and it has so many modalities in it because there's not just one way to, to heal your body. So I'm really interested in, in the branch of herbal medicine and how, how have you seen that the herbal medicine has helped you uh, in your practice to help others? Uh, well, that's such a great question. Um, and you're right. I, th- I think in, in, the, in the West, we, we, we tend to know acupuncture first and not herbal medicine. And, uh, and that was true for me when I, when I went to China back in the mid nineties. Um, and one of the big surprises for me was when I first started taking classes um, at the Beijing University of Chinese Medicine was that it was very clear that um, um, the most important thing in Chinese medicine was not acupuncture in China, but it was really herbal medicine. Um, and, uh, I had initially thought maybe, and I, I knew there was, um, you could kind of, at that time, if they may have changed it, but at that time you could kind of choose, you could kind of be in sort of an herbal medicine track, or you could be in an acupuncture and massage track. And, um, I initially kind of started off maybe leaning towards the latter. I thought I would, I thought acupuncture and massage was, would be more interesting or, um, but it just sort of um, it was very clear that the, the best professors, the best students were all doing herbal medicine. So uh, it seemed like something important was going on there. It seemed like that's where like all the, at least at that time, I don't want to dismiss acupuncture, but like the intellectual energy, at least, you know, at that moment in, uh, was really kind of on the herbal medicine side of things. And so I ended up just um, taking, following that track Um, and, uh, and it's, it was, it's kind of been amazing. One of the things I've loved about it is that it, um, is that, uh, it certainly opened me up to sort of the plant world, but not just plants, but animals and minerals around you. And you really have to, um, start to think about how, you know, those things can be used as medicines, how they're part of our environment, environment, and how they, um, react and relate to us and how they can be used and can um, to transform us or heal us. And um, uh, I I found, uh, I I found it uh, uh, just, yeah, just fascinating. So it's, it's really opened up some uh, just kind of some real kind of intellectual um, terrain for me to just like uh, think about the world. So it's been wonderful. Yeah. It's, It's probably, it's, I mean, it is the oldest type of like medicine because before like the medicine that we have today, there was only herbs and, and plants that we used. So it, it really makes sense that 
they can have a powerful impact on us. And also, I, I don't see that they like plants are very different from us. There is like we're so much um, integrated. Like when we say that we're one with everything, it feels like mm-hmm. like our body is so integrated. I, I just um, wrote a paper on the Chinese medicine perspective of melatonin, which mm. helps us to balance our circadian rhythm. And uh, interesting paper that I came across was that, so melatonin is not only available in the human body, it's also in animals and in plants. And it would be interesting to, and it was mentioned in this paper, in the article, um, this research article that it's uh, also like how the, how does that affect us? Because we're also uh, using the plant and taking in that it's circadian regulating melatonin. So it's really interesting. I mean, there there are plants that can help us sleep more, and uh, it, it, there's plants that helps us energize. So it's so interconnected that it it's it makes so much sense that it can help us to boost our health. So I just think that it's something that has been forgotten in our society. Um, I, yeah, I think that's really a beautiful way to think about it. Um, and uh, I agree. In fact, if we take the example of, of sleep, um, you know, the Chinese medicine perspective on, on, on sleep is, is so interesting. And I found it um, to be uh, um, so uh, potentially helpful and transformative. I think, you know, we we're used to um, when we struggle with sleep, just sort of sedating our bodies to try to get us to sleep better. Um, and often with chronic insomnia in Chinese medicine, we want to like, we want to build up our bodies. And, and um, uh, so the perspective is al- almost the opposite is how to like strengthen our bodies so that we can sleep more soundly and more fully. Um, mm. And things like, um, for example, in Chinese medicine, things like, um, like ginseng, but of course it's going to often, often be in combination, but like mm-hmm. something like ginseng, which I think probably your listeners are all familiar with would yeah. be like a key ingredient and, in, in a number of formulas to help like people sleep better. Uh, so it's almost the opposite of what we think instead of giving us, uh, it, it would, it would also give us energy, but then it would also allow us to sleep. So it's just a, um, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that's, I think, just one small example of how learning about the plant world can also, I think, like transform the way we start thinking about our, our bodies and our health. And um, mm-hmm. uh, it's yeah, really fascinating. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And in my, in my, in the study that I did was actually to, uh, it was so interesting that the whole when I translated melatonin into TCM, it, it really came down to yin and yang balance, like how to balance uh-huh. night and day and awake state. And, and it, it, it's, there actually hasn't been that much proof that external uh, melatonin really, uh, exogenous uh, melatonin mm. is, is great to just take. So from my perspective, it was actually better to start balancing the body from within and help regulate through 
balancing yin and yang because it's usually when we see like I, I wrote a lot about the heart connected to the sleep, for example. Mm -hmm. And now that I'm also out in um, internshiping at hospitals, uh, seeing patients that have a mental and emotional illness, I can see the heart, um, all of these traits that I'm learning in Chinese medicine, uh, that sleep is always affected uh mm. what i've seen so far from these weeks i've been there and also all of these classical symptoms of like you know the skin um either it can be dry or redness it's so fascinating so i i'm really interested in how you have worked with these different patterns to create these herbs that you're creating in dao labs um, well, I think, uh, yeah, I, lo I love that you mentioned the heart and, uh, and we do kind of have, we do have a, um, a, as you may know, we do have a couple formulas for, mm. um, insomnia that, that we sell at Dow labs and, um, mm. but the heart is one of the, is one of the key elements of it. Um, and so thinking about, um, different plants and, um, herbal medicines that, uh, um, affect the heart is, is, is absolutely essential in treating insomnia. Um, and what's neat about that is the heart. Um, in some sense, takes the place of the brain. Uh, mm. So instead of um, uh, instead of like in Western medicine, say we're going to sedate the brain um, mm. to help us calm down and sleep, um, the the approach in Chinese medicine is really to um, to treat the heart to help um, settle the spirit uh, in the heart. Um, and uh, what I kind of love about that is that um, it really helps to kind of erase this divide between the mind and the body that's been so, you know, uh, so um, important and influential sort of in the history of like Western thought. Um, and instead it puts consciousness like back in the body. Uh, mm -hmm. So our sleep, our, our problems with sleep aren't about, aren't, aren't about our brains, they're really about our bodies. Uh, and that's also true in Chinese medicine really for the, for the emotions um, and even for um, uh, deeper problems, uh, for example, such as uh, epilepsy. I have, a, I have a son with epilepsy who, who've, mm -hmm. who's been really helped by, by Chinese herbal medicine. So treating, treating, treating the heart is um, absolutely essential in dealing with anything that has to do with um, conscious, you know, what we'd probably call consciousness in, um, in, in the West. Uh, but in Chinese medicine, it's about settling the spirit. And, um, and what's great about it is that there are plants, you know, that his, historically and the doctors of Chinese medicine know that these help treat the heart. They help to, um, to drain heat from the heart or they help to uh, supplement it if it's weak and things like that. And so when you put, when you put those problems back into the body, then it becomes much in some ways, much easier to treat it with things like, um, you know, various plants and herbs. Mm. Yeah. I yeah. love that. And I love the connection between everything and that it's, all about balancing, not trying to <clears throat> put in something extra. It's more uh, creating inner balance, right? Absolutely, absolutely. That's such a key um, concept, and so it's not about. Um, and this is why I think to get back to your point about melatonin, like, uh, and I found this with my clinic. I, I think the exogenous melatonin, I mean, it helps some people, but it seems like I certainly have. A, I have lots of patients who seem like it hasn't helped them at all, mm -hmm. and um, and. And it might work in certain situations, but the 
the goal in Chinese medicine is always kind of balance and also helping your body um, to regain that balance if you've lost it. Um, and so that's where, and, and certainly when you're not sleeping well and you're having insomnia, you've definitely lost it in some capacity. Um, so um, often what happens with the herbs, and I think maybe an important part of it too, is that um, you aren't also, generally you aren't giving just one herb. I think we have a, a misconception here in the, at least in the U.S., People often like to go to health food stores and to buy, you know, adaptogens and things like that. Mm. But part part of what makes I think Chinese herbal medicine so powerful is that it is often is herbs that are in combination. So you have this very kind of complex and well balanced blend of of things uh, where certain characteristics are enhanced and others are, and any side effects are hopefully balanced out. And that's what kind of helps to get your body back, helps to rebalance your body, so that. Um, so that if ultimately you take away the herbs and you're kind of there, you're back to where your body needs to be, uh, as opposed to sort of always being reliant on Ambien or whatever, um, or Clonopin or whatever drug you're taking to kind of like get you through the night. Um, mm. and, and, and those drugs will never, you know, those drugs will rarely kind of, they, you just become dependent on them, right? They rarely kind of help you get back to that point of balance. Mm. Yeah, because they don't go to the root cause of what's what's wrong. They just treat the symptom. Uh, that's right. I think they just treat the symptom and they kind of stick with the sleep example. And they're kind of, again, seeing the symptom to be this thing in your brain, some sort of disruption in your brain. Um, and so they've separated the brain from the body in a sense that, you know, they, ha- they aren't thinking about sort of, they, they, they don't haven't, they haven't taken it from this more holistic perspective. Mm, yeah. Uh, so I think, I think the plants uh, in herbal medicine, I think that's what I've kind of learned, um, you know, over the, over the years, I think it, it takes, it takes you a while to get there, I think in, in your practice, but what uh, I love about the plants is that it, 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 it is kind of this, it is this whole, it is a holism, not only for like thinking about how you treat the patient, but also just, again, connecting human beings with like the environment uh, around us. Um, and helping us kind of think in the most holistic way possible about like having, having a balance, not only within our bodies, but with, you know, with nature itself. Yeah, definitely. And what I, what I love about uh, your products is how simple it is because it can be, uh, it can feel overwhelming with all of these herbs and everything and how to prepare them because traditionally it's really like it takes a lot of preparation and all of this but yours is is in a in a sachet and then you can make a tea out of it right uh that's right so at, you know at Thou labs one thing we've we've had to do is yeah there is a lot of um as any student of knows there is a lot of complexity to Chinese herbal medicine and so we've tried to kind of, our goal is to make it as approachable and as simple as possible. Mm-hmm. And um, so we've done things like we, um, we, put, um, uh, we put the formulas in um, little individual sachets so you can, uh, or a little individual pouch. You can have your, your daily dose um, or you can take it with you if you need to. And um, so we've tried to kind of make it a little bit more convenient to, um, uh, use formulas that we find kind of generally really widely applicable to like um, lots and lots of um, patients and, and consumers and to um, 
you know, just try to make it a little bit easy, a little bit, a little bit easier, a little bit more approachable. Um, and ultimately I think in a little, and this is what I think your podcast is about in a certain way too, is just to kind of like help people um, start to change the conversation to rethink, um, rethink uh, their health and to kind of get a new language for maybe thinking about their health. So that's, we feel like it's all part of this grander project to, um, mm-hmm. To put us on a better path towards um, towards wellness and just um, overall health. Yeah, and I'm really interested. We have because we also focus uh, on women's health uh, a lot in this podcast, and I'm thinking about the imbalances that uh, women are experiencing in their cycles. We live in a very stressful life. We maybe are not eating exactly how our body needs and how can one work with herbal medicine with balancing this? Like what is the foundation, uh, the, 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 the knowledge around this topic? Because it's such a crucial and vital part of our health, but it's not taken into consideration when we have issues. It's just, it's in Western medicine, it's just something that they, doctors don't ask about this. But in, in uh, Chinese medicine, we ask how, how our patients, uh, like how are the cycles, the flow, everything. So how have you been working mm. with that? Uh, I th- yeah, I think um, women's health and gynecology is also another great example of um, uh, some of the unique perspectives of Chinese medicine and some of the real advantages um, but if we, th- if we think about a lot of Western medicine approaches to women's health, it's, um, so much of it is really uh, hormonal treatments. It's the pill. It's, um, it's these incredibly powerful drugs that can, um, totally, um, sort of, um, take over a woman's, uh, you know, natural hormonal cycles and control, um, and, and control your, your period or your gynecological health um, in those ways. But in Chinese medicine, the, the approach is almost the exact opposite. You, you are always using, and I, the acupuncture is a good modality here too, but herbal medicine is, is, is wonderful too. Um, and everything you use in herbal medicine is much more gentle, but the, the ultimate goal, and this is sort of the, the first lesson or maybe the, the key lesson I always remember from my courses and I've seen it so much in my practice is that um, there's this idea of like regulation like it's um, essential to regulate the, the cycle. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so by regulating it, and, and by that meaning um, having, it, um, uh, having it occur on, on, a, on, a, on a very um, regular um, basis, but also having um, moderate blood flow, not too little, not too heavy, um, uh, a, a good color, not too, not too bright, not too, not too dark, not too much clotting, not too much pain. So really sort of eliminating all the symptoms. Those are the approaches in Chinese medicine that are, um, uh, that are sort of most important. So again, it often requires tinkering with, um, uh, tinkering with a kind of herbal prescription trying to get it just right for the, for the patient. Um, but usually you can have, um, but if you do, you can often have amazing results. Sometimes women who have struggled with infertility for years, they suddenly get pregnant, uh, women who have, um, uh, had horribly painful, uh, periods for years, suddenly they start happening. 
without much pain or any at all. And um, uh, uh, um, so, yeah, that approach of like regulation, sort of gentle um, uh, modulations that really get at the root of the problem. Um, and sometimes also, I mean, what I think what's significant too is it's not necessarily just too important to rely on the herbs, but it's also like diet and just like um, uh, your own sort of uh, personal self-care can be incredibly important too. Uh, and you would certainly see that in, Ch in China. Um, many women, even if they aren't, um, like they, they may have very little training in Chinese medicine, but they'll be quite cautious around the time of their period. They'll avoid foods that are, thought to be cold and might like increase like pain during menstruation. Um, and so you sort of um, see kind of a kind of awareness that, that women will have in, in, in China that I, th I think um, is just not quite as strong in, at least in the US and I think just maybe in Europe as well. Mm. Um, so yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a very powerful approach. Mm. Yeah, and, and the unique thing also I think with so usually, I, I spoke about this again in my paper that usually when you have, for example, you have insomnia, um, you are cat you're like Western wise, you're categorizing it as one thing usually. Uh, but in, in Chinese medicine, you're, you're saying, okay, are you having a hard time falling asleep? Or are you waking up during the night or are you waking up too early? And the same thing with women's health that you go in much more deeper in not just putting everyone in one box and one solution for everyone. So it's really about finding this pattern diagnosis, I think is really, uh, really important. Uh, yes, very, yeah, very, very important. So instead of kind of the, the one size fits all kind of sledgehammer of kind of a lot of Western medicine approaches, um, uh, you have a much, you have really have like a, I don't want to say infinite, that's maybe too, 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 too much, but you have um, like a whole amazing toolkit of things that you can use um, where you can really individualize the treatment, uh, whether through acupuncture or herbal medicine or both in combination sometimes. And really get to the individual um, uh, problems that a that a, a, a woman's facing. And and you know what I what I found is that in in my practice, and I think this is true across like most things, is that um, the more complicated the problem is, the more you need to kind of individualize that treatment. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and, and but the less complicated it is, the the more you can kind of fall back on some kind of more standard general formulas in Chinese medicine. You don't need quite the, um, you don't need, you don't need quite the array of, of, of tools, if you will. You don't need, um, uh, but you, but a, a, some of the classic approaches in Chinese medicine may, may work very well for some women. Um, mm -hmm. yeah. 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 And one thing that has been really a hot topic is like the immune system in Chinese medicine, it's connected to the lungs, for example. And I'm wondering which are, in, in your practice, you've seen, like, I know you have the formulas with, with the immune support. And which are the, the most powerful, like, herbs to support the immune system? Uh, a great question. Um, uh, I, 
um, again, I would say maybe it's hard, it's uh, it's hard to maybe name just one, but I can name a few that I think yeah. are used really commonly. Yeah. Um, and but let me back up one one uh, point two uh, one here too, and uh, just for your listeners, um, the immune system is is um, uh, you know a really fascinating concept, but it definitely is a concept from Western medicine, and you never quite think about the body in that way in Chinese medicine. Mm-hmm. Um, and one thing that's, and so the reason I say that is because one um, thing that's, I think, very interesting in Chinese medicine is um, you have other concepts that kind of take you into the immune system, let's say, in, in different ways. So, for example, um, every student of Chinese medicine would learn about deficiency, uh, mm-hmm. this concept of deficiency or excess. So when we get a, a, a cold, uh, the flu, COVID-19, uh, some sort of bug, we think of that as coming from the outside, that's an excess of sorts. Uh, but we also think of our bodies as being potentially more vulnerable uh, to that um, to that pathogen, whatever it is. And, um, and Chinese medicine has a really complicated and sophisticated way of thinking about like what makes us vulnerable and something. And that's just this concept uh, of deficiency. And there can be many kinds of deficiency in Chinese medicine. Um, so one thing that's really important in regulating the immune system is kind of being able to think about those ideas of excess and, and deficiency. And um, so, for example, to give you an example of one herb that I really like to use, for example, uh, astragalus, which is called huangqi in, in, in Chinese, um, is a really great herb that will be, again, part of a, a bigger prescription of herbs. Uh, but that's one I often use um, in... In a, I, you could say immune system related things. And now it can be used quite broadly too. So to um, give you some examples, um, it might be, there's some famous formulas in Chinese medicine. Um, uh, uh, there's one called Jade Windscreen and we, we actually sell that at Dow Labs. Um, mm-hmm. we, we call it immunity support, but that's a great formula for helping to protect you against sort of like um, frequent colds and sickness. So if you're the sort of person that finds yourself getting sick every couple of weeks, mm. um, uh, you, in Chinese medicine, that would we might think of that as having a, a weak immune system in Western medicine, but in Chinese medicine, that's just known as a, as a def, like probably as a qi deficiency. Uh, and that's what huang qi or astragalus, the herb is so good at it. It really bolsters, it really su- supplements qi and particularly sort of what's known as like defensive chi. And so um, you can really see great results with that, with that particular formula. So often I've had many people who, who are getting sick on a regular basis uh, every flu season, four or five, six times, and often getting quite sick. Uh, they start taking that formula um, and often uh, they might not get sick for the entire, if, if they stay on it, they might not get sick for the entire flu season. So it can really transform um, your bodies in that sense. And what's really um and one thing that's fascinating is that I also might find myself using it in some very different kinds of things. So to give you, uh, this is how sort of Chinese medicine cuts across the body in different ways. But um, to give an example from a recent case, I've been working um, with a patient uh, who's been really struggling with some eczema. Mm-hmm. Uh, so eczema um, is also has like an immune system component to it in that it's a, um, we would call it like a, in, in, bi- in biomedicine, a hypersensitivity reaction. Um, so maybe certain foods or, um, soaps or, uh, uh, various kinds of things, um, uh, cause irritations within our body and cause us to have these, you know, itchy, scaly, um, patches or, um, what have you. Um, 
that can be sometimes a stragglers or Huangqi can also be like a really um, important herb and a formula to treat that. Now you would be a different formula, but it might have some overlap. And one of the things that might overlap would be something like a stragglers. Um, so, uh, so, so that's helping to regulate the immune system again in a, in a different way, but, um, uh, uh, but it, um, but in both cases, you have to be able to often think about this idea of like deficiency in Chinese medicine. And then you get to, um, these very different solutions, but sometimes solutions that can be, um, really powerful in that if you kind of do it, uh, for a while, you get these like shifts in your body and these constitutional shifts and suddenly you're no longer struggling with eczema. And next thing you know, you're no longer getting sick every flu season. Hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's, it's yeah. so interesting about the immune system and, and something that I, I'm trying to also understand from a Chinese medicine perspective is like autoimmunity where the immune system is really active and, but maybe yes. not in the right way, but I haven't quite understood it yet <laughs> from, from this perspective. I don't know if you have any take on that. Yes, I'd be happy to talk about that. Yes, auto autoimmune issues are, um, you know, so this is uh, when your body, you know, the immune system, your body starts to attack the body. Um, and uh, there are really great, and this is another um, thing where Chinese medicine can be really great, in part because the solution in Western medicine is a little bit like the gynecological example, uh, are like, are like the sledgehammer um, when sometimes you want the, the watchmaker's tools, these fine adjustments to really, to treat it. So, um, you know, kind of a, a classic example, and you'll see a lot of, uh, it's hard to treat, but you'll see a lot of very famous doctors in China treating this is um, rheumatoid arthritis. So this is where you have um, your body is essentially, the immune system is essentially attacking the joints in your body. Um, and the, um, uh, now the way you treat it uh, can be quite. Um, uh, there isn't any one. There isn't any one formula, but you have to kind of um, be able to kind of think through it in, in these broader strokes in Chinese medicine. Um, you would typically do a, maybe um, two broad things. One is um, often these chronic joint pain like that is thought of as in part uh, a deficiency. So there's you have to address the deficiency. Maybe a stragglers we just talked about as part of that. Maybe it's not. Maybe there's other things you use, or um, uh, so you have to address that deficiency. But then also there's um, these various excesses in the body, and usually with joint pain, for example, um, you would think of like wind, cold, and dampness. Sometimes heat, uh, but these are sort of pathogens that kind of come from outside, and those those concepts are sort of metaphors from the natural environment of thinking about like what causes, um, what causes pain in the body. Um, and so then you'd also need, um, a certain set of herbs to kind of help drive those things out. Um, so it, it was, those, those, those are complicated treatments, but, um, certainly many doctors in China have made careers and these are usually herbalists, um, who have really made careers of like specializing in, in treating that problem because it's, it's so debilitating and so painful. Um, and the solutions in, in Western medicine are so, um, uh, so difficult and sometimes, you know, problematic. I mean, this idea of, for example, during a pandemic to be on this immunosuppressant drug, uh, it, you know, it, that, that's just, that reminds us that that's not a, a great long-term solution for a problem like that. Mm. Yeah, that's very interesting. Yeah. Very mm. interesting. And something that is growing and, 
and that, that I think we could work with a lot more since it's becoming more wide, or I don't know, it, it feels like it's becoming more widespread and um, yeah. Yeah, all, all kinds of things can happen. And there's also things that are um, just thinking on the terms of like arthritis in general. Uh, there's also things too that aren't quite as hard to treat as um, rheumatoid arthritis, but just sort of like a, I've had a lot of patients with like, who come in with like a fibromyalgia that just can't quite, something's happened. They don't know what it is, but they've had now years of various um, pains in their body. Um, yeah. And that's something where you use a very similar approach that you would use to the, to say something like rheumatoid arthritis. Um, it's, it would fall all under the same sort of, it would have very similar patterns and a diagnosis in Chinese medicine. Um, but that's one where sometimes distributed for a few months and that patient who's struggled for years um, mm. is back on track. And there, and so that you've achieved like that rebalancing that um, you needed to achieve. Um, but uh, for whatever reason, you know, I think we, we sometimes get sick and then we get stuck in these, um, uh, you know, we get, we get, we get stuck in these patterns. That's the term often used in Chinese medicine. Uh, and then the herbs going to kind of help us push us out of that and back into like this, uh, this better place of balance. Mm. Yeah, thank you yeah. so much for sharing. And yeah. uh, I, I would love to know how people can find your products and your work uh, because you do also uh, do clinic clinical work, right? Um, uh, yes, I, I do. So, um, uh, yeah, so if you're interested in our products, um, uh, the company is Dao Labs and our webpage is mydaolabs.com and I'll spell that M Y. D-A-O-L-A-B-S, so Dao as in Taoism, but with a D. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and I try to do a, f- a fair amount of writing um, on the, there's a f- hopefully a fair number of resources on that page. So, so some of the more kind of basic explanations I've been trying to kind of share with you today, um, you can kind of find there and, and, mm-hmm. and, and the, in the blog. Um, and then I have a clinical practice that's here in Boone, North Carolina. Um, uh, but I also do academic writing. So, uh, and my academic writing is all about um, Chinese medicine. So some of that stuff is also open source and it's available online. You'll probably just search for my name, uh, Eric Karchmer. And um, if you're, in, if you want a little bit, if you want something a little more technical <laughs> um, yeah. and um, high level, you know, uh, stuff on, on Chinese medicine, um, that'd be the place to look, to look for some of those articles. I, I try to make it readable for general public. That's for sure. But um, a little more in depth. That's so great. I will link to your website and everything so people can find it in the show notes. And I'm so grateful that you took your time today to share your experience and knowledge. So thank you so much. Oh, well, thank you, Shireen. And I just think what you're doing with this podcast is wonderful. And it's such a great service. And I'm so glad I could be a part of it. And um, have this conversation with you today and I hope we uh, keep that going and um, I think it's um, uh, really valuable for all your listeners so um, uh, thanks, for, thanks for having me thank you so much for listening I hope that this episode just inspired you to learn more about Chinese medicine I will talk much more about that also on my Instagram in the coming weeks. I will do lives about it and share what I've learned as a student of Chinese medicine. And if you wanna connect with uh, Eric, 
you can connect with him through the links in the show notes and if you want to try any of the herbal remedies out you can find it at mydowlabs.com you can also find the links down below so let's take a deep breath in together in through the nose and exhale out through the mouth and namaste